Hey everybody, it is Bethany with Chatting Over Chowder. Sherilyn and I would like to extend an invitation for you to meet with our guests on Friday, January 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to have Jordan Duffy from Episode 2, we're going to have Nikita Brooks-Hale from Episode 3, and we're going to have Abby Desjardin from this episode. So if you want to meet them in person, live, one-on-one, face-to-face, and if you have any questions for them, please sign up. The link is in our show notes and we can't wait to see you. Welcome to Chatting Over Chowder. We're your hosts, Bethany and Sherline. Chatting Over Chowder is a podcast where we ask people in the podcasting industry what podcasts they listen to while eating chowder. Join us for some fun, laughs, and tomfoolery. Get your spoon ready. We're about to dive in. Hello, we have Abby Desjardin here. Abby hello. Desjardin, say hello to everyone. Hi. <laughs> um, Abby Desjardin is a sleep evangelist who believes sleep is an act of empowerment. Through her podcast, Sleep Challenges, one-on-one coaching and courses, she teaches women entrepreneurs how to transform their businesses and lives through the power of sleep. As a recovering workaholic and insomniac, She knows the struggle is real. She helps her clients go from exhausted and burnt out to rested and on top of their game. Abby lives in Seattle with her husband, three girls, her rescue dog, Harry Potter, and her cat, Lola. She's not a showgirl. (laughs) When she's not preaching about sleep, you can find her kayaking, reading a good book, and driving kids around in the minivan she swore she would never own. (laughs) (laughs) i love that bio so much (laughs) oh thanks so much for having me thank you so much for being on we're just so excited to have you um (laughs) because i love your podcast crackers and soup actually does your your podcast production Mm mm-hmm and we created your cover art, and we did your intro and your outro. <laughs> All of the things. I remember, like, reaching out to you in a panic when I was just a few weeks out from launching, and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I really need your help. <laughs> and you were so amazing, because I was like, okay, just follow these guidelines, and... Give it to us whenever you're ready. And I think we had all of your stuff done and created within a week time span. Yeah, it was quick. No, I Caroline love Caroline had a specific question. Oh, okay. Oh, so before when I was um, like reading your bio and everything, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm currently a workaholic. Okay, currently. <laughs> um, how do you manage to run your own business and still stay? like rested and like find a way to kind of create a balance. So that's a super loaded question. Um, (laughs) But um, it's all about boundaries, right? Because we didn't get into business for ourselves just so we could spend every hour of the day working. We had like a greater vision of what our life would look like, right? Or at least I did, (laughs) you know? Um, And so I think really keeping that vision in mind is important because it's really easy to get into the mindset of 
well, for now, it's going to look like this where I work 18 hours a day, but someday I won't have to do that. And that never turns out well, because even if you hit all of your goals as far as revenue and like things you want to accomplish, if you go in with that mindset, you will always be overworking because when you hire people to take some things off your plate, you're just going to dump more on there. And so I think it's really important because I've built, this is, the sleep journey came from my journey as an entrepreneur doing something different. And I built that business through not sleeping and it was not sustainable at all. And so I, I think that the short answer after my long-winded response is very clear boundaries from the beginning and from the beginning, run your business like you want it to be in years. Like if you have a five-year plan of what things are going to look like, build it that way from the beginning or else you're going to get caught in the hamster wheel of overworking. Well, Abby, I just feel very seen right now. So (laughs) thanks so much. (laughs) Right before we got on this call, Cheryl and I were talking and I was like, so yesterday I got up at 5 a.m. on a Sunday and I worked until 3. And this morning I was up at like 6.30. <laughs> and then you know, I'll be here until 11. Yeah. And it's hard because we're told that like and taught from a very young age, if you want something, you have to work hard and you have to make sacrifices. And that's what we're almost brainwashed with from the beginning, right? And so it's been a lot of hard work and unlearning to recognize that you can create something amazing, but it doesn't have to be hard and you don't have to feel like you're going to die all the time. <laughs> so Abby, again, I'm seen. So, <laughs> so let's stop this line of conversation because yes. I'm going to cry. <laughs> and tell us what your your transition, because you are a very new first time podcaster. Yes. And you kind of dabbled a little bit um, and, and dropped some like discovery crumbs when you were sh- answering Sherilyn's question mm-hmm. regarding not killing ourselves while we create this company. Um, so tell us what your history is in becoming a podcaster. Yeah. So as I mentioned, my history started, I was, um, working in the schools as a speech therapist and overworking. So I decided to leave and start my own clinic so that I could set my own hours and take care of myself. And, you know, that spiraled out of control quickly. It was wonderful because the business grew really, really quickly, but I was also not sleeping and I was doing all of the things and I got really sick. And in my journey to feel well, I discovered that sleep was the thing that was in my way slash the most important thing that I was not doing. And so when I started to focus on that and my brain started actually working again, <laughs> um, I I looked around at all these entrepreneurial communities that I had, had been in and was currently in and realized that this is something that people aren't talking about or that they are in a in an unhealthy way like you know almost bragging oh i only slept 4 hours last night or you know whatever you've heard all those lines and so i wanted to start talking about it and calling it out and and talking about burnout and how 
we are not doing anybody any favors by working ourselves to death. Um, so I started that when COVID started because before that I'd had the idea, but I wasn't, I didn't have the time <laughs> because I was still running my brick and mortar. So when COVID hit, I really launched on social media into talking more about this and I really wanted to do a podcast. So I started thinking about it and it's like, well, what would I talk about? And yes, I love talking about sleep, but sleep is such a dynamic topic because there are so many different pieces of life that um, contribute to your ability to sleep or not. And I just love uh, hearing people's stories and hearing the work that people about the work people are doing. So I decided to call the podcast Things That Keep Us Up at Night because I wanted to talk about all of the different things that keep us up at night, not just the act of sleep itself. Um, and I didn't want to pigeonhole myself. So that's where that came from, was wanting to have those conversations. Um, and it's been really fun. <laughs> no, I love that because I think as like women, you know, we've women have gone through such a transition over, over oh the years. Yeah. And it's like, I think both if you're um, a mother as well as like a, an entrepreneur, I'm not a mother yet. And I, I want to be, and I can't imagine if like me being just in a relationship, not having kids yet. I'm mm -hmm. so busy. I'm like, I can't imagine the day that I have kids. So like, I praise, I, I tell Beth all the time, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how you do it. You know what I mean? Because we do end up prioritizing these things so much. And so I love that you're sort of, you're talking about something that so many people are afraid to like, like basically seen as lazy. Like, oh, you don't want it yeah. enough. Like yeah. Like you're not, you're not doing, if you're not doing all the things, it's because you're, you don't really want it. You know what I mean? And sort of telling women that like, okay, you need to take a step back and focus on you because if you don't, and if you don't sleep, if you don't, you know, unlearn, like you were saying, mm -hmm. a lot of these habits that you have, you're, you're going to run out, you're going to burn yourself to the ground. Right. And I think, you know, the thing that I've realized since it, through my own journey, and through with working with other women and talking with other women is that my mission, yes, it's to teach people to change their sleep, but it's more about really empowering women in general, because by keeping us tired, they keep us small, right? They, it's very limiting when you're tired. It's like, I just don't have the energy for that thing. I just, and so in places in our lives and with important things, we often just write them off. Like I have this idea, but I just can't do it because I don't know where it's going to fit and I'm too tired. And so the bigger mission is really like using sleep to step into becoming the person that you want to be and really being able to do all of those things that you want to do with your life. I love that. It's so true. It, it's so funny because so many people resonate with your podcast because <laughs> you launched in September and you have over a thousand downloads. <laughs> so it's so funny because there are some, I, I'm in a lot of podcasting groups and there are, are so many people that are like, Oh, I've only had 
72 people listen to me and I dropped it six months ago. Yeah. But your podcast is so inviting to literally every single woman because you have things that range from nutrition to people who are athletes to people who are entrepreneurs to be like, you have such a gamut mm-hmm. of women who are all saying, this is why sleep is profoundly important in my life because I wouldn't be able to do these amazing things without it. Exactly. And it's such a, it was such a treat to listen to your first episode and to hear your journey and how you experienced all of this head trauma mm-hmm. and how head trauma, even if you're, you're just playing sports or if you've been in car accidents, correlate with messing up your sleep pattern, mm-hmm. things that you wouldn't even associate that happened to you years ago can affect your everyday now in their sleep pattern. So yeah. your pocket, I'm just like, I'll be editing and I'll be like, oh my God. And then I'm like, <laughs> I'm like oh no, saw. And then, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, that's a show note bullet. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the exciting thing is that, yes, it's all related to sleep, but there are so many, like you said, there's an episode for everybody and we have even more exciting episodes coming up soon. But I, I love talking about things that I feel like relate to just everyday women and things that they are thinking, but maybe not having these conversations with people. And there are also so many realizations that like, cause I, I, you and I have talked about this. I have had sleep issues since I was a wee little one. Mm-hmm. And things that I'm like, wow, I never would have connected the dots Mm -hmm. that this behavior is due to lack of sleep or due to exhaustion. That what I assumed was just my norm or just a personality trait could be directly linked to lack of sleep. To chronic lack of sleep, right? To chronic lack of sleep. Yeah. Because we're all going to have nights where we don't sleep well for whatever reason or like periods in our life where sleep is not necessarily something that's in large supply, like when you have a new baby or something, you know, like, yes, you're going to get less sleep then. (laughs) But it's that chronic lack of sleep and then building a life that doesn't support getting more sleep that really is, that's where we start to get in trouble. I think your podcast provides immense amounts of value and also validation. You know what I mean? It's almost like giving us permission. <laughs> like it's okay. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. If you're not up until 3 a.m., like it's okay to, to, to go to bed on time. It's okay to like tell someone, all right, I'll finish that tomorrow. Like rather right. than working yourself to the bone. So I love that because I think women especially really need that validation. They need to be told that it's okay. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not a one and done thing. It's a constant practice. You know, just last week on Thursday, I, by lunchtime was just like, I had nothing left to give at all. And so it, but it took a conscious effort for me to reach out to my team and then tell my family like, I am done 
I'm going to lay on the couch and I'm going to binge like eight hours of Netflix and that's all I'm doing the rest of the day. But I wasn't going to get anything done if I, if I was like, I just, I have to keep going. Nothing productive was going to come out of work at that point. And so just turning it off. <laughs> what did you binge? Um, the Queen's Gambit. So everybody is talking about this. Yeah, it was a little slow. The first episode was a little slow to get into, but then it it was just fascinating. It was so, so great. (laughs) So I, because everybody's like my brother-in-law, his girlfriend, everybody Mm -hmm. all over social media. So my husband and I turned it on and I was in the kitchen. I think he was eating dinner. Maybe... 5 30 in the afternoon and it was like the very first episode and like she came out with like the illest language oh yeah and it was with like (laughs) she was like a wee little laugh oh yeah she was like eight (laughs) and I was like oh oh abort abort (laughs) (laughs) the kids are still up (laughs) let's not get it twisted like they are not they are not like wiltering flowers. Like right. they heard something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this, this is my household. Like my husband, he can he can curse with the best of the sailors. <laughs> but it, it was so shock. I think because of, it was her age, it was just yeah. so shocking. And I haven't turned it on since. But I definitely have to get into it because everybody's like, it's the best thing since. It was life. really good. I I will say I was skeptical at first because of all the hype, and then like I said, the first half of the first episode, I was like. Just don't know. I watched three times. I tried to watch it. Finally, on the third time, I was like, I'm just going to finish this episode. And then I did. And then I couldn't stop watching it. But yeah. Cheryl, I did that to me with you. Oh, yes. Oh, but who doesn't love Penn Badgley? Right? (laughs) (laughs) She got me. it It was the funniest way in which you got me sucked into that nonsense. Because which it was pure nonsense. Because we were doing social media, uh, creating graphics for social media. And it was when like the little Yoda thing was happening. Uh huh. And she was like, and I said, well, I'll do the little Yoda, but I refuse to do like the you thing mm-hmm. because, you know, worked at the district attorney's office forever today. I was like, I will not condone and promote stalking. Yeah. And she was like, Oh no, Bethany. But it's so absurd. It's like, it really is. I was like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not jumping on this bandwagon. She sucked me right in. <laughs> and then I sucked my husband in. So I was like, God damn it. Like, we're, yeah. <laughs> and then literally two seasons down. That's like, so <laughs> funny. Yeah. Because when you can binge, you can binge. Oh my but, gosh. Yeah. And sometimes I think you just need that, like, because I range from like things that are like, oh, like self help stuff, right? Documentaries to then I'm like, I go into like the absurd where I'm like, I just need to not think. I'm like, yeah. I need my brain to not like focus on something that I'm learning. Like, I just need sure. it to be for like pure, sheer entertainment. CW is good for that too. A bunch of like young adult drama stuff. It's like, okay, bring that on. Give me the gossip <laughs> girl. Give me all of that. I love bad TV. Me <laughs> too, but I love bad TV like <laughs> love after lockup. 
She's like, oh, yeah. or snapped. <laughs> <laughs> I can snap all the live long day. So it got to a point where my son was like, why are you always watching people being murdered? And I was like, look, there's a psychology behind it. I was yes. in the criminal justice field for, a, for almost two decades. Yeah. That's number one. That's, that's what, how I can excuse it. I'm like, number two, I'm like, you chicks are out here doing all of the things, getting caught hella quick. There was no plan, (laughs) like no strategy, like all for a little bit of insurance money. How far is $150,000 really going to go in the grand scheme? Not that far these days, (laughs) (laughs) especially if you're having to sneak around and like stash it places. Yeah. Not yes. very far. <laughs> yes. And they're always calling their, they're like the, the, the other one on their cell phone. And they're like, Hey, we're going to establish an alibi. Send me a text message when you've killed them. And then I'm yeah. like, <laughs> my kids will say people? things that terrify me sometimes because they'll watch crime like on a TV show or something and they'll be like, Oh, that was such a dumb plan. I would do this and then I would do that. And I'm like, Oh God, you're nine. Like this is terrifying me. <laughs> they need but to know. Thank God you're going to be smarter about committing your crimes, I guess. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> it's very important. It's very yeah. important to know how to kill yeah. somebody and get away with it. <laughs> you never know when that skill is going to come in. Handy. You never know. <laughs> Crazy things happen when you party naked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. (laughs) So speaking of binge watching uh, shows, how about um, the podcast, the the ones that you had given us? Yes. So I think the two that I mentioned were Pod Save America. That one, because I'm just, I'm a political junkie. I can't stop. I am so interested in all things politics and like activism and all of those things. And then the other one um, was rants and randomness um, because I just love both of those things. <laughs> rants about what, you know, some topic that's important and it kind of almost always ties into activism And the randomness, I just really identify with that because even though all of my podcast guests are, are things that keep you up at night, it's kind of random what topic they're talking about. So I don't know. I love her. I, as we said before, I love Lovey. I love her take. I love her perception. Yes. I love how it can, it, it could appear to be so ubiquitous but then it like all ties in together like I just love Mm -hmm. her I love how she says it I just like her whole aesthetic is just yas booby (laughs) no I just really everything she says just resonates with me and I think it's because she comes at it in a way she calls out again, like these expectations that we have been ingrained with for so long. And she just calls them like straightforward calls them out. And then she'll tell you for 30 minutes. Why? <laughs> if and you're, I love that. <laughs> if you're unapologetic and you can make me giggle, like yeah. I am yours. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
It's so fantastic. Um, and she, the guests that she has on are fantastic too. Like the, um, just the different experiences that they've had because we learn through stories, right? And so if you're telling something out of context, it's not going to hit the way that something, you know, I'm thinking about um, the Abby Wambach episode where she's talking about like demanding what you deserve and that, uh, you know, their fight for the um, female soccer team to get compensated similarly to the men's soccer team, which it's absurd that they don't because they are so much better than the men's team. <laughs> um, and so just, it just speaks every week. It's when it hasn't been on for, I don't know, six weeks now or so, but it just speaks to all of the things that I think about throughout the day. No, that's awesome. Um, I love like podcasts that it can actually like, that you just resonate really well with. Um, yeah. And in relation to that as well, did, since, you know, you just started a podcast, um, mm -hmm. for women out there who, you know, are maybe thinking of starting one or, you know, kind of have the idea, but they feel like, oh, you know, am I going to have anything to really talk about or, or is it going to be worth it for me? Um, yours has been quite successful, especially like right at the gate. What advice would you have for anyone, um, who, wants to start out. Well, I'm going to steal Nike's line and say, just do it. Um, when you have something important to say, you're doing a disservice to yourself in the world when you don't say it. Um, the idea wouldn't come to you if you were not the person that was capable of executing on it. And so and it, again, we were talking about my husband earlier, but he sometimes is like, man, I, you just exhaust me sometimes because I'll come up with an idea and I'm like, okay, I have it mapped out. Here's how we're doing it. And it's happening tomorrow. And he's like, oh my God, can we just, he's very much the opposite. He like thinks about something for years before he does it and he hates change. And he hates new things. And so it's like, he's a good balance for me. He kind of reins me in a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, I think you just have to do it. And you're going to make mistakes. You're going to say the wrong thing or like have some tech issue or forget to hit record and have like a whole episode you did and it didn't actually record. And, you know, you're going to have all those things happen, but you still learn as you're doing that. And it's never going to be perfect. You just have to do it. And I think at the same vein, it's also very important to find your people that are going to encourage you. Yes. And going to allow you to walk into your purpose. Yes. Because we all have those naysayers. And I truly believe that there are certain people for certain things. Yes. Like I can go to this person for Obama's food recipe. Yeah. But I can't go to this person if I'm like, I'm trying to jump off of this cliff and survive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You have to find the person that can give you what you need in the moment. And it may not be forever, but they may be that like the person that gives you just the right push so that you get going or, you know, like really looking for that, I think is important and not trying to do it alone. And I think that you have, that's such a gift that you have. You really can determine what you need 
and then find people to execute what you need in a way because you don't micromanage in any way. You, you're very good at saying, this is what I want. You do you on your execution. Mm-hmm. Bring it to me. Well, it's, yeah, I don't have the mental energy for, like, if I wanted to micromanage and do it all myself, I would do it all myself. Yeah. But like I said, I've done that and it's, it's not sustainable. Yeah. You, you definitely are one that uh, opens yourself for the universe to provide you for what you need. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's a, a big learning. For it. like, it's taken a lot of work to get there because I am a control freak. But again, that journey of like recognizing that and every day taking active steps to move away from that. I do need to know what time do you go to bed? I try to crawl into bed by 8 p.m. and then I'm usually asleep by 8:30 or so. And do you use do you like? allow your body to arise or do you wake up to like an alarm clock with birds chirping? So I do have a sunrise alarm clock that I use, which is really important in the winter in Seattle because our days, the sun doesn't come up until like 8 a.m. and it's down at four o'clock. So um, there's a lot of darkness here <laughs> this time of year. Um, but most of the time, because I keep a very consistent schedule, um, I wake up probably 10 or 15 minutes before my alarm goes off at 5.30. What time does your nine-year-old go, nine-year-old, nine-year-old, duh, that's so hard to say. (laughs) So it's a little bit different now in COVID. (laughs) They get to sleep a little bit later because they aren't, they're doing online school. So there's not the whole act of like getting up and out the door in the morning anymore. And they are naturally night owls. Like they always have been, even as babies, their time, they wanted to be up later and then they would sleep until 930 every morning, which was fantastic. Um, but right now they are doing, they're crawling into bed the same time that I crawl into bed. I have handed that job off to my husband. He does bedtime. I don't do bedtime. Um, I go in and I say goodnight. That's part of my nighttime routine is saying goodnight to each of the kids. And then I go crawl in bed. They're in bed. They, you know, read and color and do tinker until they're tired. And I would say they're usually asleep by 10 or 1030. Um, I try not to be the, I shouldn't say that. I am the sleep police but only to the point of reiterating how important it is and suggesting that they go to sleep because from experience when I was a kid, having a grown-up telling you, you have to go to sleep right now does not help you fall asleep. (laughs) If you already have trouble going to sleep, someone telling you do it right now just creates more anxiety and it's counter counter counterintuitive. So, yeah. Well, I'm not going to show my daughter this. So thanks for nothing, Abby. (laughs) Thanks for nothing. Do you find that um, because of this change in lifestyle that you've chosen, it's affected your kids positively or how you decide that like they should prioritize things for themselves like throughout the day, like with school, especially with remote schooling right now, where I think easily kids can 
get lost as far as like time goes. For sure. So it has been a really big year of um, a lot of lessons that I don't think they would have learned at this point in life had COVID not happened. Um, Of course, it is horrible. And there are lots of really big, scary things happening. But it's also allowed for this like amazing pause in the lives that we were all living that never would have happened in if things had just continued and the pandemic never happened. So um they've been before this, they kind of took after me as far as like being super involved in way too many things. And I allowed that to happen because they were the ones driving that. I, you know, I wasn't the one pushing. It was them saying, hey, mom, sign me up for this. Hey, mom, I'm going to do ASB. I'm going to do swimming. I'm going to do that. You know, it's like all these things. And the pause just really allowed them to have like the 80s childhood where it's like, go outside. For the next two hours, you know, like where your boundaries are around the neighborhood, just go play and wander. And I think that's such an important piece of childhood that kids are missing. In our modern day, it's like they're so controlled and so scheduled. They never learn how to actually make choices and make mistakes and then learn from the mistakes because there's always somebody there to like reroute them if they start going in the wrong direction. Um, but daily schedules, it's a little bit harder activity-wise because they're sitting on a computer all day at school. They'd be moving, you know, they do some desk work and then they have to get up and turn something in and then they have recess and then they're walking to library and they, at home, none of those things are built into the day. So really, um, I feel like they're learning a lot about prioritizing different parts of the day and like, how do I get my, when should I do my work? When do I need to go outside and, you know, jump on the trampoline or ride my bike or whatever? When do I need to just call it a day (laughs) and say like, nope, you know, this is too much. I'm at a point where there's no learning that's going to happen. Kind of like I did last Thursday. It's like, nope, we're done. I'm done. And I think them being home has allowed that to happen more. Because they'll come down and be so worked up about something. Um, they're doing this accelerated math program. And so they're learning two years of math in one year, but it's all like pretty much self-directed because it's online and they are in fourth grade and it's, they're learning sixth and seventh grade math. So they just skipped two years of foundational math. And so they're trying to do these sixth grade things when they haven't learned the fourth. <laughs> but like they'll get worked up because they don't know what they don't know. Like yeah. we can see you missed how to divide a fraction or like you don't have this knowledge base. And so it's been really good to help them learn how to 
feel and identify when they're worked up and give them kind of a script to say, this isn't something that I can do right now. I'm going to step away and I'll come back to it with a different plan and go about it that way. So I don't know. Long, another long-winded answer. There are lots of great things happening and there are lots of challenges. <laughs> no, I think your point was was so valid because I feel like I, I loved your analogy of, of the 80s, but mm-hmm. it's kind of like 80s 2.0. Yes, <laughs> yes. With technology, we are not analog anymore. <laughs> so it's like, it's not dial-up, but <laughs> yes, it's still the 80s where they can go outside and they can explore. However, because of the technology aspect and to bring it back to your podcast, we have to talk, we have to talk to our kids more. Oh, for sure. Because we have to talk to them not only about the frustrations that they're enduring while they're trying to do the remote learning, but also with them being on the virtual side so often, what they can run into in the virtual uh-huh. world. Yes. And because of your your podcast, it reminded me, oh yeah, that's right. I need to reiterate to these children yes. <laughs> of mine that are in fourth and eighth grade that if they come across some cartoon who's doing some obscene things, right? that's not a cartoon for you. <laughs> and come tell me and please. let's have a chit chat about yeah. it yeah so like, yes so reinforcing that that conversation piece where i feel like prior to covid and prior to the pandemic we were just all circulating around each other yeah you're running from one thing to another you're like shoving food in your face because so you know you my husband has to take this one here and this one has this and then we're going it was crazy. And just the other day, one of my kids said, aren't you so excited for when COVID's over? And I was like, yes, I'm excited for the virus to be under control and all the things that that will bring. But I was like, I honestly don't really want to go back to life the way that we were living before all of this happened, because it was just so intense all the time. No, I, I agree. And I think, um, I like because of my background, so I'm Dominican and, um, and I came here fairly young to the U.S. We have such a different lifestyle back home compared Mm -hmm. to here in the U.S. And I sort of fell in, you know, I came here pretty young. So I fell into that same lifestyle and and habit that like everyone in the u.s has which is you know you essentially work like it's everything is a work and um and you don't really have time to enjoy yourself like to enjoy yourself is like a a complete treat Mm -hmm. and over there it's like you work simply just to make enough money so that you can live your life and enjoy your life and i i had at one point was lucky enough to do a trip to italy and it reminded me over there that you can be really hardworking and still have that like mentality of, of wanting to enjoy life, of wanting to enjoy things. Cause I'm like, you, the ability to spend time with your kids and having all of that. And I do think I agree with you that COVID did provide that as, you know, obviously as awful as the many things that that has, but I think everyone's realized 
how possible it is for you to mm-hmm. have time with your family now yeah. and how we all really missed that and how yeah. that it created its own issues, but it also solved a lot of them too. <laughs> yes. Please leave me alone for five minutes. <laughs> when you hide in the bathroom, yeah. I'd still be knocking. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, how did you find me? They're like bloodhounds. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's something stupid. Like, can I have that last chip, chip ahoy cookie? Like, <laughs> eat the cookie. <laughs> Yeah, I I do think that it has shown everybody what's possible, but I think there are so many people caught in this mindset of like we're missing something, like we're missing out, we're missing out, we're missing out that they're just not seeing the possibility in the situation. And not everybody has possibility in this situation. For some people, there is no good part of this at all. Like they're in situations that are horrible and, you know, they're just doing what they can to survive. And I don't want to say that, you know, they should be looking for the good in this situation, but there are a lot of us who still have jobs and have a roof over our heads and we can work from home as parents and, you know, being thankful for those things, even though this is hard and really looking for the opportunity to like reflect and take with you out of this things that you want to use in life. Because I have a feeling that the minute people start to feel like it's safe to be out and about again, it's going to be this jump back into crazy busy. And I think you're going to see a lot of people get really sick really quickly. Because they're going to jump right back in and their body is going to go, whoa, this is not actually how we're supposed to be living. But we were in it for so long beforehand that we just were numb. Abby, I love your brain. I love your brain so much. <laughs> it's just like, like I could just dive right in and just swim around and be in there forever. Um, <laughs> that might be a little scary. you're promoting, where you are, where all of the listeners can find you, where you'll be on these internet streets. So I am on Instagram most actively as far as social media goes. I do have a Facebook page, but I'm not on there much because I, again, with COVID have learned it's better if I don't go on Facebook that much. Um, (laughs) So Instagram a lot. Um, My website, abbydesjardin.com, which I'm sure Bethany will link in the show notes. Um, and then I am launching something super fun in January, 2021. Um, it is called the Sleep Reclamation Project. And it is a community of women that are dedicated to unlearning our self-destructive habits around sleep and taking care of ourselves and relearning how to prioritize ourselves first so that we can share our gifts with our family and the world. My God, I, I love, love you. Gee <laughs> <laughs> to the Zas. <laughs> oh, so prioritizing yourself yes. is enjoying soup 
that yes. you sent that mm-hmm. we never discussed. Yes. Even though the whole damn podcast is called Chatting Over Chowder. This is the <laughs> second time we almost forgot to mention the Godforsaken the Chowder. The amazing <laughs> soup. Yes. Um, that was the coolest um experience from the customer side of things because of like the way it arrived and so it arrived on the front porch and then the like unboxing it was like um those nesting dolls where you just like keep opening different layers (laughs) like oh um it's so delicious i have the chicken and wild rice soup um it's so good it came in a in a recyclable glass jar, which I love because I use mason jars for everything. That's what we use for sto- food storage at our house. So it's perfect. I can reuse those. And it came with a beautiful ladle and some delicious rolls too that I um, hid while I was eating because <laughs> my kids get mad when I eat food with gluten in it. <laughs> so... There is also, if you were to, to order this for your family. Yes, they did. I did see gluten-free, but I just love gluten. So I was like, I'm not doing, and, and it's bad because that's like one self-care thing that I really should stick to because I do feel better when I don't eat gluten. But I'm like, no, I'm having the glutinous rolls. I'm just going to hide while I eat them. <laughs> and this was a gift. Yeah, so it was a gift to you. Thank it's a gift you for all that you do. It's a gift <laughs> to who you are. It's a gift to what you bring to the podcasting community. And if that is wrapped up in a delicious artisan glu- full oh gluten roll, girl, yes. just no, 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 It was an act of self care to eat that roll. <laughs> Carbs are my self care. <laughs> it was an act of self care to eat. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. oh, that tickled me almost. <laughs> <laughs> you are a dream and a treat and a delight. Thank you so much. <laughs> you are welcome <laughs> for coming on, chatting over chowder, even though we almost forgot the chowder. <laughs> I didn't forget it. It's right here and I can smell it. It's delicious. So She's like, I can't wait to eat it. <laughs> yes, and it's like perfectly lunchtime for you. Yes. I'm so excited that you're on. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye, girl. Thank you so much for listening to Chatting Over Chowder. This episode is sponsored by Crackers and Soup. You can find out more about our guest and Crackers and Soup in our show notes. If you loved this episode, subscribe and drop us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, stay, stay super. super.